How's it going, everybody? Just before we get started, I want to take this time to thank the frontline workers who are working right now to get us through this madness, and I hope everybody's staying safe. Secondly, in the world of mullets, unfortunately, mine will be leaving me very soon, along with some other fine hair on the squad, hopefully going to a better place. I hope everybody enjoys the show. everybody welcome back to the flat top very special guests on today the first international actually on the flat top mr taylor adams everybody give it up what's up q man how are we oh buddy i'm good good how are you doing with all this stuff uh going on i know we've chatted like off microphone but how are you feeling like in terms of everything that's going on yeah it's a little bit tough i'm not gonna lie um uh it's getting a bit boring a bit boring now, a bit over it if I'm being real. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's fair. You know, it started off all right, but uh, yeah, I'm just getting over it. Now. Some of the boys are keeping you company at home. Yeah, I'm lucky. I've got G and Leo here. Um, our Master Chef G. Shout out to G, the Master <laughs> Chef. Um, if he, if he listens to this. Um, so yeah, no, nah, they've been good actually. They've treated me well since I've come in here. I'm living like a king, really. Yeah, because you moved from Rainswood. That's right. Yeah, 15 Rainswood. That was a good house. We had a good group of boys there. Yeah. Had a little dungeon downstairs. Like <laughs> we had some things going on, so it was a bit disappointing that we had to leave that place early. But that uh, that family's back. They were a nice family too. They're back home now. They're yeah, Ireland. yeah. I, th- I think they're they're back now, and they they were so good letting us uh, use their house, their car, yeah. and just you know it was pretty much like it was ours. Dodge so. Grand Caravan. Oh man, <laughs> the Dodge family van. Don't worry about the boys. These guys uh, found out. Uh, Richie and Tay found out where Drake, the area that Drake lived in, and would yeah. drive this Grand Caravan <laughs> up and down the, br- <laughs> the bridal path. <laughs> Up and down the bridal path where uh, Drake supposedly lives, so that's pretty funny to, uh, to uh, all the Canadian man, boys. Man, uh, Drake, if you're listening, like, comes to the Arrows games, man, I'll hook you up with Winnie, <laughs> our manager, he'll get you sideline seats and throw in beers at a cost price, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Special deal. <laughs> oh, Winnie. And Winnie will, Winnie will hear that and he'll be like, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I can do that. 350 a beer, yeah, 350 per head, yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> all right, one of my favorite Arrows, Tay, tons of swag. He's got style, uh, just an all-around good guy. Um, what was your fir- just just me personally? What was your first impression of me when you came to the Arrows? <laughs> the Q man. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't even remember what my first impression was. I probably would have seen you and gone, "Oh, like I feel like I'm back in the country down south in New Zealand or something." Gore, New Zealand. Yeah, like we got one of the country boys here. Um, and I honestly didn't really know. And then once I started talking to you, get to know you, I was like, "This is my guy." You know, probably one of the funniest men I've met. Um, like you're straight up and you're honest, but hilarious. So, um, man, and uh, that mullet, you know, who could not good who, who could look away from that? Love that, Tay. Thank you. That's a that's a great comment. My first impression of Tay. So I he this says be bad. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. He says like country boy, which is funny. Like, and so Tay rolled up. I remember like nice fresh Nikes <laughs> and stuff like that. So I didn't really know what I was getting into. I was like, oh, he and he's like a ten. He's a U twenty all black. Like this guy. I know this guy is gonna be sick. And so it was more just like, do we have like a pretty boy on our hands? And then <laughs> and then once I got to know him, like no. Nah. Uh, Tay is like getting down and dirty. I remember, I remember what fair we were in. I think we were in Vegas and Tay made a big hit and I was like, 
I like was coming around the corner and like I think I might have said out loud like damn this guy can hit too because I haven't really I, at that point I hadn't seen him like lay a massive hit right he wanted not that he wanted to lay the boys out in training camp but man, like man I'm getting that out that's thing now that anyone listening a massive hit <laughs> I'm telling you the I'm telling you as soon as I <laughs> saw him I was like only. this guy can hit too so he's not he's not the pretty boy I thought he was so that's funny Tay I sort of put it in my bio a little um sorry in my Instagram, I put a little sort of bio on you. Do you want to explain? I know you'll be humble about it, but just sort of your rugby CV uh, for the people that don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, where I probably started was Calston Boys, uh, where I went to high school. Um, the block, you know, we're all proud of that, where we come from. That's massive. That's massive culture. Um, and high school rugby is in New Zealand. So I went from there, um, progressed uh, down to Southland, and I was just in, like, the academy there. And mm-hmm. then um, after, like, a couple of injuries and whatnot, I was lucky enough to get a chance at Mitre 10. So... Played a few seasons, um, might attend with uh, with the Southern Stags, and then went to um, over to Australia to the NRC. Okay. Um, so I was off contract with Southland, got a chance to go over, and like the way I got signed, they kind of said it was similar to the might attend back in New Zealand. It's just the Australian version, so I went over there with high hopes. A little bit different, but different you know, as in what? If you don't want me asking, like just in terms of the professionalism, the competition, the structure, and that. Like, okay. Um, it was just very new and very young still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. so. Like it, it had like the framework and the idea of trying to be a provincial comp and you know Australian wide, but yeah, it just yeah. kind of you know didn't have the funding or, or the structure and, and stuff in place. Probably tough behind like Aussie rules and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right? like you know Sydney uh, rugby league's massive. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. you know. So, um, and then and then uh, went from uh, playing club rugby in Australia for a couple of years, and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity in Melbourne with uh, the Rebels and Super Rugby. Yeah, that's sick. Um, Touch on that. Yeah, also, uh, before that, probably when I was still down in the south, and I obviously played the uh, under-20s, got to go away to the uh, the World Cup with yeah, it was the in Junior France, Orbans. right? Yeah, in France in 2013, so that was really cool. Uh, crazy experience to be with some of the players, you know, that were in that team, and I look at them now, that are All Blacks, Adi Saver, and that probably, he was our captain, so, wow. you know, nuts to see how, how far they've gone, or like, you know, to say I was playing with them. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, went to Melbourne, um, got a chance there, uh, had a year there, and then, um, here I am, baby. Here you are. In the six. And we'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that later. So, I think we'll, obviously, the focal point, uh, this is rugby, so you want to chat just a bit, Tay, about, like, learning the game. I know you're, you're from New Zealand, so, like, that was your sort of, like, Canadian-type hockey, yeah. but did you have, like, any, any influence growing up, like, like parents and whatnot oh my dad massive like I, I probably started playing rugby when i was four down at my local club um just because he he was playing there he'd played there for years he had played rugby his whole life so i just follow him down there since i was literally a baby yeah, yeah. um and then by the time i was four no i had enough coordination i was like oh, i want to play started playing so yeah. literally from the time i was four until i went to high school i was at that club every weekend like, you know, I would be there Tuesday, Thursdays. Me and my best mate, like, he was literally my best mate. We're, like, two weeks apart in age. His dad played, so, like, on Thursday nights, they'd have their... We'd have our training from, like, four till five or whatever. Then the old boys, the presidents, they'd have their training from, like, six till eight and then drink, play cards. So we let me and him a five, six crashed out on, like, the bar stools and that. It's a Thursday night, school night or whatever. You know? So, so um, that, that's probably how, like, I got into it, just following my dad and... Um, you know, he was my coach when I was growing up. Like he coached all my junior teams in wow. the, at a club. So, um, and so was that like what? What would the age grades be? Would it be like U sixes? Would yeah, that where so it start? Yeah, like um, yeah, under six and that. So you're five. So like you're so that would be the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So I, pro- I probably played like 
I just year ahead because I was down there so often in that. Uh, few yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We were all like... Um, it's like hockey too. Yeah, their dads you? played, like we, all our dads played in the same team, so we are all a bit younger, around the same age, so we just made our own team, so we were a bit younger. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so they would go like under, under sixes, under sevens, but we call it like, um, like we go J1, J2, J3, J4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. So J8 would be your under sixes, J7... J eight, um, oh, okay. you know, so yeah, so, yeah. so, and then um, and that goes until high school. So it's it's weird. Like in in Auckland, you're set up like North Harbour, and Auckland. Like there's two competitions within Auckland. Okay, pretty yeah. much. So you're you're split. Like one side is like uh, the North Shore and the West Side, and then the other is kind of like Central Auckland and South Auckland. So North Harbour and Auckland. Okay, so what were you? What were you? Uh, I was like where I grew up playing my club rugby, North Harbour, but where I went to school, Auckland. Oh, so did you have to make a decision of where you wanted to play? Or? Yeah, yeah. But like I, I had a high school, Massey High School, just at like five minutes up the I've road. I've heard of that. That's 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 yeah, popular, pretty, right? Yeah, they're a pretty good. They're a pretty good rugby school, especially in that North Harbour competition. Yeah. Like they, they've won it a few times there, and they do really well. So there was literally five minutes up the road from me and Calston where I went was like a 25 minute drive oh. half an hour bus and that but um, I just uh, you heard about Calston the rugby the people they're going through like you know that's just where I wanted to go yeah so but anyway yeah so so you split into North Harbour and Auckland so growing up in North Harbour like you you wouldn't play you'd just play club you just play club you wouldn't play for your school and then once you go to high school you don't play club, you only play high school. Ah, uh, okay. You know, um, unless you went to like, we were playing in like certain schools where you were playing like age group stuff. Some boys played like in the morning and afternoon or you'd play on like, uh, the boys would play league on Sunday. Um, but you really pretty much had to pick one or the other. It was either school or club. You couldn't play blue. Would some guys like drift to high school because it's with guys your age and stuff like that? And there's like, I feel like there's a lot more pride in, in school or would you would guys go to clubs? Uh, no, nah, a, a, lot a lot of the boys would stay with high school. So is that where the, like, the best players were playing? Yeah, yeah, at high school. Like, especially the older you got, once you got first 15. When you were younger, like under 14s, 15s, 16s and that, boys are still kind of... Like, you know, they some of them still do play club in that, but once you get to first 15, you're playing in the afternoon and it's the, and you're not like, you know, they want Getting you out of class, like. Yeah, yeah they, want, <laughs> they want you to be fresh. Uh, okay. So you're not doubling up playing uh, club rugby and school rugby. Yeah. Um, so by the time you get to first 15, everyone's pretty much, you can, you're either one or the other. You know, like we, we weren't even allowed to play league uh, for our league team. If we were first 15, we were first 15 only. We couldn't play for our league team. Um, you know, and vice versa, they weren't allowed to play for us. Even though a lot of the boys wanted to double over like um david fusitua who plays for the warriors now top try scorer in the nrl and stuff like you know one of the best wingers he was our center in first 15 and it's like but he couldn't play league for the school he had to play for a club so why is he playing league now do you know or just uh, he, he, he had always grown up on league oh so he, he was just, just playing with the school because his mates played, were playing yeah, and whatnot yeah, we we're all playing the school asked him and that but because he played rugby he couldn't play league for the school could only play it for the club and sort of thing so it's interesting that like because in, in Canada, there's nothing like it where you have those two sports that are, like, incredible. Especially for a forward. So similar, yeah, yeah, like, for a forward, yeah. right? Like, you're not getting a guy like myself or, like, Cole playing, <laughs> play, playing league, right? Yeah. Like, Pepper. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not happening. So, it is interesting how those guys, like, those players, like, yeah. have the ability to hop into one type of game and then hop into another. So yeah, and, and league, they're just different body shapes and stuff in general. Like, they're, they're like, forwards they're and they're, they're like backs. And yeah, like, exactly. And, and the way they're built and they can move in that and the, the way they play in their skills. So, it is completely different to, to I guess, forwards in our game. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's just interesting to me because we're not really exposed to it. Now, Tay, 
what like what type of what players did you look up to? Who did like professionally at that time? Like yeah. all blacks. Uh, my two were probably in like my position were Carlos Carlos Spencer. Okay. Yeah. And Dan Carter. Yeah, of course. Was, eh? Obviously, especially when I was getting older. But when um yeah when I was growing up like. I was from Auckland. Carlos was playing for the Blues. Like that was my guy. I remember going to his last game at Eden Park with my Blues jersey, and I got him to sign like his name just across the blue, like a top of the Blues logo, and that you know kept that never wore it after that again. Like so, you know that that was really cool. Like going to Eden Park and experiencing those things. Carlos, like you know the way he did, the way he played, it probably subconsciously probably rubbed off because that's how I like to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, finesse. Um, yeah, he he was definitely someone I always looked up to and watched and. Um, like just like the way he played, like it seemed nearly carefree, and he just backed himself. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a coach just telling you just go up. Yeah, for it, back but yourself. then on the back end, especially as I got older and seeing Dan Carter, and then I got older and I was developing my rugby and got more into rugby and got older and understood it more. Like I seen how he played, and he could he nearly had the best of both worlds, where he had the skill to do those things. He did it in a different way, probably to Carlos, less flashy, but then he was just also like that calm ten that could clear if you're under pressure you know he's your guy you go to yeah he'll clear you he'll lead the team around or do what it, it takes you know so yeah of course i was trying to probably get the best of both worlds so so what like when you see these guys like the professionals and like obviously eden park like you knew that these guys were making a living playing off rugby when did you start sort of like making a move like when was it where you were like i could like do this i could be you know that guy signing autographs to kids no nah, like my last year of high school when i after we like finished our net winning nationals and that yeah at Calston um, there was like an agency there was a few boys from the year before that got signed to Southland um, that I was close with um, that went down there so I knew there was like an agent round and we won nationals in that um, and honestly like, I was just playing rugby because I enjoyed it it was with the boys it's with the school it's what you do yeah and, exactly like, as I said I mentioned earlier like the culture in school rugby is crazy in New Zealand it's nuts so you know you're doing it for that um, and then yeah, that we had like a um, a relationship with this agency inside running, and they would like come to our school and give like a fifteen hundred dollar voucher to the like you know to someone that the coaches picked as the first fifteen player, and it just got them into schools and getting like you know able to connect with players and try yeah, to sign them. Like, I've talked to a few boys in yourself. It's different different heads in New Zealand. Like you know, there's agents from high school. You're getting signed from high school. Yeah. Here, it's completely different. You know, there's not too many around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so it was just happened to pop up that Southland um, were needing a halfback. I was a 10 at the time and they got a hold of our first 15 coach because they had sent boys earlier. So yeah, I yeah. got a hold of this agent, had no idea, and then got signed to this academy contract. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I want to play rugby. Like that. <laughs> so it was so quick. Like, like it was so quick. Like I'd always, like I'd always watched like watch uh, rugby play like super rugby and the, and the all blacks and be like oh man I'd love to be an all black I'd love to be an all black but I never really kind of put the money or the work tag on it like you want to oh I want to play for the all blacks I don't really see it as a job well that's how they earn the I money I see what you're saying thing. it was an aspiration like, yeah, right? it was like, like it a love my... like it was a yeah. like oh man I want to play for the all blacks but I didn't really put something together like that's a job as an occupation so, so it was like it, it kind of happened like oh yeah I went down there and I got just chucked into the deep end really my first year. Like I just come from playing first five. They wanted a halfback in Southland. So it was my first year playing halfback since like, I don't know when I was playing against men. I was in the academy that later that year, like midway through the year, might have 10 came. Jimmy Cowan played his hundredth game and he left. Our other halfback got injured and like it was, 
I was the only one left in Southland, really, this 18-year-old in there. Like, what was your first game again? What did you, oh, you guys, like, 77-zip or something? Close, 84-0. <laughs> and that was against Canterbury. Like, that's what I mean. Like, that, that was yeah. my first oh, yeah. game. I'm like, it's against Canterbury. It's my first time playing halfback against men at this level. And I'm like, like, there's Andy, Alice, all these guys that have played international rugby. Yeah. playing Tom Taylor and stuff. Like, it's crazy. And I'm like, wow, 60, like, 68 minutes and both my calves cramping, like... What have I got myself way. into? Yeah, it was, like, just, it was just different. It's interesting how you, like, look at that. You were saying, like, that aspiration of being all black, but then, like, when you, like, saw it, that could actually be your occupation. Like, that's just very interesting to look at it. Because as kids, you're always like, oh, like, I want to be the next Sidney Crosby. But then, like, you know, when you start, like, spending money yeah, on yeah. stuff, like, on, like, not, not like, when I say cars, I say it loosely. Like, when you're paying a lease on a car and when you're filling up with gas, you don't realize that, like, that aspiration, like, playing with the stags will fuel that sort exactly, of thing. Exactly, exactly. So I like that. Now, let's go back to, we'll go back to Kelston and really get into it. Um, so. You know, I was looking at, like, alumni, uh, Bor Stankovic. Canada, he was a Canada coach at yeah, the World Cup, remember, Scrum yeah, Canada coach. Uh, Shalom and his brothers, right? Yeah. Like they're they're honestly great guys too. Like they're like they're the, sick players, but yeah, like the best guys. And like so, I, I've told this this especially to Ferg. Um, you know when we were going to play Seattle because he know he knows Shalom and that really well. And yeah. I was like, you know when before there was the All Blacks and that when we were at high school and I'm like year nine or thirteen and that. We, we weren't trying to be professionals. We were trying to be those guys, you know, like nearly hood legends. Yeah, you know, yeah That's yeah. what we were looking up to. And we wanted, oh, they were the stars. They were the first 15, the top dogs around the school. You'd heard names, you know. So so guys like that, we looked up to them and wanted to be them more than, oh, I want to be this guy. Yeah, yeah. And play, you know, so um, it, it's, it's unreal to see that it comes full circle nearly in all the boys oh, that yeah. we do see around that I, that I grew up with or went to school with, played at school with or saw or knew of seeing them around the world in different competitions and that even like the for for just from my personal experience like after that game he said like great great job and what after our, like our most recently game mm -hmm. in seattle which like we we had won and it was a good game and you know like uh i followed him the next day or something and like he even he even like dm me and was like like without nothing and just said great game like yeah. to you guys like he's just a class guy yeah so. no he really he's seriously one of the nicest guys in the comp and going around he's a really top man so it just shows you know like that obviously like kelson you know producing just great guys in terms of culture and whatnot i saw dj forbes on that yeah. that's pretty cool yeah and it's weird like dj he didn't play first 15 or anything at school really like, eh? he wasn't like the big um you know from what i heard the big rugby player back then he was like, you know, second 15 or, or yeah. that sort of thing. And then when it came to sevens, like now he's a sevens legend, you know? So he just, yeah. how he structured himself and turned himself into that was unreal. So, and, and that's the crazy thing with Carlson is like all the different cultures. Like it is, it is like um, heavy, like populated with Islanders. Like that's our biggest percentage there in yeah, the yeah. area that we live in. But there is so many cultures. So I think going back to that point, like Shalom, you know, they've been so welcoming in that we're used to different different types of people religions cultures yeah you're accepting on. of everything so, like i think we, we kind of get used to it understanding so that helps being open to everyone sort of thing of course yeah so talk a bit tay about like the like obviously the pride and culture and then like why it's called like kelly block the block baby. yeah yeah um yeah like and what did it mean like obviously like, like you're, it, you're the block so Kelston, that, that's also Kelston Boys High School. So to shorten it, we just say Kelly. You know, we go to Kelly, and it's literally like our school was on a block. It's on a square. So it's just literally like the block. You know, where are you from? You're from the block. We're going to Kelly Block. Yeah. Know? And it just, over time, like everyone, you just say that, everyone knows it. Yeah. No one knows Kelly Block. Um, and I guess 
from like a really young age, like or early on in your schooling, that's drilled into you. Because um, the culture, not only at, just at Kelsen, but in general at high schools, um, around their sport and everything, rugby especially and that, but all their sport is crazy. Like you have people turning up to like midweek games, like they're painting, their whole body's painted, they've got shirt, they're making their own shirts. Like it's, it's crazy to see and it's some of the most enjoyable rugby because of that. Um, so the, like with Kelsen, I guess we were bit more of a lower decile school, bit more of a poorer school. Okay, yeah. Um, if you would, like, we're, so we're a public school, but in the system, like, you play public and private. Oh, you would play, play school, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You play against the same school. So I think for us, like, it almost helped that we always had a chip on our shoulder. Of course, sort yeah, of yeah. Thing, you know, like, we didn't really have all the best facilities, equipment and that, but the way we interacted with each other, like how we got along, our culture and that, that's what made us tight and made us good, I think. And everyone understood that. And like, everyone has their pride in their schools and that, but it just always felt different when we were at Carson. Like we, it didn't matter who was coming in. We felt like we were the best that we're always going to do. We just nearly had that, that arrogance when we had to about it because of that chip on the shoulder, I of think. Course. So yeah, I think it's just, it's weird to see even coming over here and just seeing the different cultures um, in terms of things, even like for, for our team and the arrows and that, and to see how at school, at Mitre 10 level and stuff at home, you know, it is different no matter where you go. Exactly. Oh, it's, that's, I like, I sort of like how you explain like the chip on the shoulder, yeah. you know, it's not like dealt like the best hand of cards, but like, you know, as the boys all understand that yeah. and they want to like, and then for me, that. I was nearly doubled on that because I was the little white boy, you know, so I'm like, <laughs> man, I've got to prove myself all these guys, you know, so I nearly had my own chip on my shoulder because of that. But you know, it all worked out well probably and, and taught me some good and some tough lessons. Yeah, I bet. School of hard knocks. That's all we like to call it. <laughs> now, you know the Prague culture. Tade, do you was there stuff you guys did after a game, before a game? Did you have any certain sort of like things that was like distinctive to that? Is strictly at Kelston or? Um, I don't. It's hard to say. Like everyone, we have obviously our haka. You know, all schools have haka. So for us, that was a big part of, of our thing, and we had our own one. We we had our own school one, and then we had our own first fifteen one. Even. Wow, so that's you know, cool. I didn't yeah, know that. that that was really big, and like each like school has different songs that they sing for their own school yeah, yeah. in terms of that but I guess um, in terms of culture and the general rugby culture especially at first 15 and all sports at high school like after games we'd have like a big feed together oh, know, and how like we do our after almost. matches yeah, yeah. Yeah. but like you come Calston was I feel was always one of the best feeds you go to a pavilion and there's like four or four four or five table lengths long of food like in an L shape there's like six yeah. seven tables and it's just chock-a-block with food everyone comes in you say speeches everyone's family's there you have a meal together with the different teams different families nice no matter what so like at the end of the day no matter what at least you know there's that respect but and that kind of builds a culture and camaraderie between other teams and the rivalries as well so no, of course like that that's probably one of the most special things about it is how like it's not just oh we're here to play rugby everyone plays and then goes off like there's there's some meaning to it and there's that time that goes and the effort that goes into it especially after the games and I'm, yeah you see that same sort of thing like for well i would only know to but like in the mlr usually like the best like post matches and like the guys you get along with the best at the end of the post match are like the best rivalries like yeah. for example like last year like when we went to san diego like great post-match sort of thing and like i felt we had a really good rivalry against them and even with seattle too like all, like a lot of canadian guys yeah. and good post-match and like it makes for a great rivalry so it's good to hear now wrapping up kelston 
and I, I think I might know what it is unless there's something underlying it, but what's your best memory on the block, I will say? Best memory on the block? Probably winning national. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured. Uh, it'd have to be. Um, it was crazy that year as well because the year before, we our first 15 was stacked. Like, that's the year we should have been national champions. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, we had like Peter Aki, Carter Vang, like, like our whole, nearly all the back line probably nearly went on to play Super Rugby. Wow. In the future, like, you know, and Dude. at the time. So we had an unreal team. And then we lost in the semifinals against King's College. We just didn't have a good game. That was weird. King's was is, a, is a big college yeah, too, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's a, that's a big private school there. So, and we, you know, we didn't play well. Um, and then the next year, all those boys left. And there was only maybe like three or four of us from the year before. And it was a whole bunch of new guys, really, that weren't the, we weren't the most, like, talented or athletic or anything. But we just had boys that could do things and we were all on the same page and board in. We knew we weren't the best team or whatever or the team of the past and the years before, but we are all on the same buzz and, and we managed to go through the season. We were up and down and then we, we got into the semis. We just made the semis for Auckland. We were like came fourth. Yeah. So we were playing the week before. We were playing on our number two field because it had rained so much. It was muddy. Like we couldn't play on there. We're on our number two field against St. Peter's. We need a bonus point win to go through to the semis. Yeah. We need another school to lose. Oh, so you're banging yeah. on there. So we're after like 60, 55 minutes, 60 minutes or whatever, we're only up. We've scored no tries. But we're up, but we've got no tries. In 20 minutes, we score four tries. Like, like, like Laulangi Visnia, he was our fullback. He played know. New Zealand Sevens. He's played over in, uh, he's played in France. He's played in Japan now. Played for the Blues and everything. Like, put on a clinic. So we score four tries in 20 minutes. We win. Now we need Mags, Mount Albert Grammar. is another big school. A lot of All Blacks out of there. Yeah. We need them to lose. They miss a penalty kick right in front from the 22 on full time. They lose. So we're in the semis. So we've just made it. Like, we've just hung on. And yeah, then yeah. We, the next week we're going to play um, Sacred Heart. Um, Taniela Tupo's come out of there. Oh, okay, yeah, that, you know, it's a big school. They're fourth. They're, they're unbeaten all season. Like the earlier in the season, they came and took the Mawaska Cup off us, which is like a big New Zealand schoolboys trophy in that. Like they're unbeaten. So is that like where you defend at your home sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah, I love yeah, that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So we won it the week before. The very next week, they came to our, they came to Kelston, took it off oh. us. And we're like, oh, man. So they're unbeaten the whole season. Going to the semi at their home ground, their crowd's, it's loud they're giving it to us and we put on a show and we beat them so we're like you know you're rolling yeah in we're rolling finals. um and then in the final that was like it's it's weird it's a long story if you want me to continue yeah go ahead go because, ahead yeah, so, yeah. go so, ahead we're so, good man so how it's how it goes in New Zealand, there's like a co-ed like the the national comp and all like the co-ed nationals which is like boys and girls schools Okay. You know, mixed yeah. schools. Yeah, so, yeah. so you can either. Okay, play, okay, sorry. I, I thought yeah. you meant playing, but actually. No, no, actually, no, co schools. schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if you're a co ed school, you can choose to go into the co ed nationals at the beginning of the year or just normal boys. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, so if you don't think you're going to have like a good crack, because like the, the top schools usually are the boys' schools. Or yeah. The all boys' schools and that. So, if you don't think you're going to have a good crack or whatever, you go to the co ed, it's better chance, less. Yeah, yeah. So, that year, St. Kent's. Who's a big private school, you know, they've known to get some big players and that in. Setatamani Valu, he was there that year, he was their center that year. Beginning of that year, they didn't it was a new first fifteen sort of thing for them. Like they had a few new players, they didn't think they were gonna do good. They went to the co ed nationals. So we played in the Auckland final. 
and that was the year of the World Cup 2011. So we weren't. Oh, that was oh, that was huge. So we weren't allowed to play on Eden Park or anything like that. Oh, and that's right? where you'd normally yeah, play. Okay, normally yeah. Play. Oh, that sucks. And then so we lost. We lost the Auckland final. So we weren't actually Auckland champs. Yeah. But because they had already opted to go to co-ed nationals, we went through as well. Ah, uh, I and see. And then and that and so we managed to go on. We won nationals. They won co-ed nationals. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just really different to see that. Dude, that's interesting. The whole like co-ed and sort yeah, of yeah, like it's weird. To, I and... didn't even know that until like the end of that first fifteen year, like that when we lost and still were able to go through. I didn't know it until then. It's no, interesting. Told, yeah. Also, it's and like really off topic, but like you talk about like names of school and places, like uh, Mount Albert is a city right beside like Holland Landing where I live, yeah. And like Sacred Heart is a it was supposed to be my like home high school. Right, and there's yeah. another one, um, De La Salle, and De La Salle there's, there's a De there's La Salle, a Del Salle, Salle yeah, here, and that's like a massive. It's weird, eh? Like, like how like all those like yeah. British colonies sort of have the yeah. same type of names. So Tay, we've chatted, we've chatted a bit about this. Um, you playing at Southland and making your debut and whatnot, and that first loss, <laughs> and just sort of welcome yourself to the big league. Now, from there, you went uh, to the NRC. Yeah, well, so I played that. Did my under twenties. Oh, you did your under twenties first after yeah. Southland. Yeah, yeah. So I was under twenties was my second year at Southland. Then I had one more season uh, after that, and then I went to Australia. Okay, so we'll we'll come back to the All Blacks because I'm sure that was like a very high honor. Yeah. And then we'll talk a bit about the NRC. You played in the Shoot Shield before that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sort of like discuss that like layout where they have the Shield and then they have the NRC and then the Supers? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit different um, in Australia compared to New Zealand as well. Like, so as you're saying, we have the Shoot Shield, which is the Sydney Club competition, um, and that. When I first went over there to Australia, I was I went straight into the NRC, knew nothing about the Shoot Shield. Um, but the Shoot Shield is their main competition. It's there. It's the Sydney Club competition. You have like the best players playing. Um, even the guys that are in Super Rugby, if they're signed but they're not playing that weekend, like they'll come down and play. So it's a really high level. So you go into Shoot Shield, you play your club season, um, and that's just in the Sydney Comp. And then from there, it goes into the NRC, and that's where they try to make it like the Mighty 10 Cup and try to sort of model it off the Mighty 10 Cup where yeah. you have your, your provincial teams or your state teams like New South Wales had three, um, Brisbane or Queensland oh, okay, had two. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so, you go, so you're going around Australia. Um, the thing was though, it was just there wasn't really enough funding or like structure sort of behind it, I think. So guys were still um, working during the day, training at night some guys were super rugby players so there was like a really big um you know difference in, in players or yeah. like guys some guys are literally working from six on construction sites straight to training while other guys have been rolling out all day eating good yeah you know, that's you know? crazy the shoot shield that's like the main um you know sydney club club competition yeah for me it's nearly equivalent to like the mitre 10 back home yeah, in New Zealand. Be, yeah, because just because of the standard, uh, the level of players, how much time and effort goes into it. How old is that competition? It's probably older than the NRC, then, right? Oh, like this competition is is old. Like you know, it's been going for. Okay, so the NRC was the NRC is just like a little. It was to try and re- like equ- literally make an equivalent of the minor ten. Literally, that's oh, okay. so they try to you know play off that, and you get selected into rep teams so ah, for okay. club season. But the shoot shield. Um, when I first went over there, I thought it was just going to be like club rugby, like anything back home. And when I, like, it was completely different. We we're having video reviews. We had scheduled gym wow. sessions. You know, guys were contracted and it was just like, um, you know, club rugby. And then once I, once I got into it, my first season, like I was probably still 
a bit shy and, and didn't really understand it. I was just finding yeah. my feet. And then the second season, uh, once I started to get to understand the comp, we got a few new players and coaches and that, like, it just opened my eyes up to the level and the difference in rugby. That was the first time I had probably gone, oh, the, I, rugby is played different in different places. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. From New Zealand, that was like crash and bash a bit more physical around the corner you know and a little bit slower and when i went to australia it was the opposite it was wide to wide it was fast i was like what is this and it's hot it's and you probably cool. enjoyed that a little more as a yeah, time, it right? suited my game yeah exactly. it suited my game um so like the for me the shoot shield was probably like the pinnacle competition in australia um Do you before enjoy that Super more Rugby. Than the yeah, yeah i think just with the nrc it's it's still trying to find its feet and get the get the funding and the backing and that like yeah. you know you're not you're not paid enough where you can take that time off and be a full-time rugby exactly. player you've still got to work during the day then train at night so there's, and there's a little bit of a drop-off between the players like there's some guys that are super rugby players and then some other guys that maybe are second grade players or cults just because there's guys in that position that could be there but it's not worth them taking that time off work yeah. you know they're trying to fill the gaps exactly too. so and and that's probably what makes the shoot shield such a strong comp and and so crucial for Australian rugby I think especially in Super Rugby because I, I know like I probably wouldn't want to say half but a lot of the Super Rugby players in Australia have played the Shoot Shield no matter what um, Super Rugby team they've played for you know everyone's been around the Shoot Shield so it's just a really strong comp where, where it's good rugby and it's still amateur where you get along with the boys you have the bears you're going out you're yeah, still yeah. doing club things but it's also on the serious side where um, no, you're, you're doing reviews, you're watching other teams, you're not just turning up Tuesday. Yeah, you want to compete. You yeah, yeah, truly trying. want to compete. And it's one of my favorite clients. Like, still, I want to go back there and win it. Like, I've still got that chip on my shoulder. We we had a good crack last year. We probably should have gone close or won it with our club. And we didn't. So, man, I need to get back there. I want to win it badly. It's a really good comp for, you know, for anyone wanting to try and go over there. Like it's yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I, I think that would be the dream, eh? Going, even just like, like you say where it's like it's almost amateur not fully amateur but in a way like you can still have that like you're having beers with the boys you're having cook-ups after practice nah, right and, like, and that's like the that. thing like we have a feed on thursday nights at like that's our unreal. rsl like um how it works for shoot shield there's like fourth grade they play at like 10 in the morning third grade second grade then first grade so those guys that played at 10 in the morning they play their game shower up they're on the bears they're sitting on the hill from <laughs> 11 o'clock till four in the afternoon and so it's packed you've got all your fourth third second grade teams supporting you all the supporters from both sides like it's it's literally saturday like saturday afternoons are the best so that's what you live for and that's like you talk about that that's literally like ontario's like sort of marshall championship yeah obviously you know like rugby over here it's it's not as big as in australia or new zealand but the whole uh, like uh, concept of someone they play at 12 like the thirds play at 12 yeah. and then at 130 the twos exactly. play and then at three in the up. first place so it's uh it's interesting you talk about that because it, it it sounds great and like even just imagining yourself in australia playing rugby i mean like, oh you it. can't complain the weather the beaches the <laughs> exactly. woman like, just say hey just keep it right. yeah so what what was hard for you tay going to new zealand because obviously like you're a family man and you got your uh, nephews and nieces yep what like was that tough leaving the family sort of going over there or did, were you at that point like ready i'm, I'm ready to pursue like, something by that time i'd already been in southland like three and a half years so i was used to being away from my family. okay so southland is like pretty far from back home yeah yeah i was like you gotta catch oh you were in Auckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah i was all it's opposite ends of the country oh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah um so like i was i was already 
used to being away from them sort of thing and yeah. it was just it was a new opportunity and it was Australia and I literally went from Invercargill like 50,000 people to Sydney and wow oh, <laughs> wow I know the type of guy you are in Toronto man <laughs> like it was it was crazy like from the smallest place it was freezing cold there snowing like it was snow it was just oh New Zealand and, yeah, yeah, and yeah south into Sydney where it's just beaches and sun and that like it was crazy change it was crazy. Guys like Morgan Mitchell, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Morgan Mitchell to Brad Pitt sort yeah. of thing, you know? <laughs> Nearly the comparison. <laughs> That's unreal. Now, what, uh, and, and, and just being in Australia, like, were you working there or strictly just playing rugby? No, no. Also, when I first went there, I was working as well. Um, because I just went over for the NRC season. So that was like two months. Then we had And Christmas. then did someone tell you about this to shoot shields? Yeah. You... Well, part of that NRC contract was, was to sign with the shoot shield team. Ah. So they try to keep me around, like, stay in Australia for... Oh, so it was like a full, a almost a full year thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was working, I like my fashion and that. When I got a job at um, Superdry, Clothes Store, so I was working there full-time. Superdry, that's... Superdry, yeah. I've seen that stuff. What is that the brand, Superdry? Yeah, Superdry, yeah. But do they do, like, collaborations with Nike and stuff? Because I've seen... Have I seen Nike Superdry, or is that nah, me just... <laughs> yeah, Nike Off-White, though. Oh, you Nike Off-White. <laughs> you know there's Nike Off-White. Yeah, yeah. Um... And yeah, so so I was working with them, and I was just like going. I was I was working in Bondi. So if you know anything about Sydney, Bondi Nothing. is the spot. That's where the big beaches. They got a massive mall. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I've I've heard it. I've heard, I've heard of that. Unreal. Great spot to be. Great spot, but I was living like more central, like West Central. So I was like training in an hour to work every day, like and it was all good. And I was playing rugby, um, and then I kind of. Like needed a break from it. I was getting overworking inside and retail and that and then I was lucky enough that through our club like so what's really good about that shoot shield as well is if, if you're from like out of state different country and that they get you over that club will, they'll sort out your housing they'll, they'll get a job for you you know wow. through a connection so yeah. I was lucky through a connection that um, they knew someone at a school so I started working at um, at a high school there um, which was perfect for me. What were we doing that? Just coaching rugby? Just coaching, oh, coaching nice. rugby, sport. Um, bar, I did some basketball, cricket, you know, all just different sport. And it was perfect. It was like four hours a day, like four days a week. And I could get my trainings in like in the morning because it would just be like afternoon work. So, you know, it, was, it ended up being perfect uh, and working out really well until that kind of just before, I guess, the end of the 2017 season. Like NRC, that's probably when I started to stop working once I started to get talks on the rebels and that and I might have to, you know, move or they could be interested. So that's probably when I started started to stop to stop working. Unreal. Now let's yeah, I guess that we get this perfect segue in. I mean, super rugby, like every player's dream. Like Ooh. arguably like the bet one of the best leagues going right now it's obviously in that conversation how'd you transition to that Tay? Like cuz you're like was it playing in that shoot shield and uh, Yeah, it was it was pretty much just playing um, in the shoot shield. Uh, that 2017 season, like, I just played, started playing really well in that club season. Like, you uh, won the MVP, you were saying, right? Yeah, I got the, um, yeah, the MVP for that year, and I got top point score. Even though, like, and our team came eight, ended up coming eighth. We just missed out on the playoffs. But oh. if you put that, when you say that, it's really weird because if we we lost one game by one point, if we had won that game, we we're in the finals, and it's oh, really okay. weird to say like we would have been that team that everyone would have been scared of. We are just the team we were. A lot of island boys. It was like nearly a New Zealand team, you know. And if we turned up on the day, we could be anyone. Yeah. You know? We were that sort of team. If oh, we yeah. were on, we were really on. So that was a bit disappointing to um to miss that final season that year. But so played that that 2017 year. Got those all like the MVP and that, and yeah. then went into the NRC. 
Okay, so you went from yeah. shoot now to the NRC. NRC, and like I, at the time I was, you want to play NRC because I'm still trying to get a Super Rugby cut. I'm trying to get something, and I probably could have had time off or like you know whatever. But over there, you want to be trying to get that Super Rugby cut. You're young, you're that. Hungry. Yeah, exactly. So so played that. Started to play the beginning of that NRC season, and then I was getting um you know calls from my agent saying that you know possibly could could be a spot at the Rebels and that. Coaches might want to meet, ready, ready. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Not really thinking anything of it, but hoping, oh, man, hopefully if I just keep playing, like, it'll happen. And then we played the uh, Perth team. Uh, and the this is when the Western Force was still in the Super Rugby, but they were just getting cut. Oh, okay. So the Force coaches were coming over to the Rebels. They were going to, in the training and that. So yeah. after the game, like, the their trainer came up to me and was like, hey, nice to meet you. Right I'm Will, I'm, a tra- I'm going to be training at the Rebels and that next year right here, nice to meet you Just like their physio no like the actual oh their SNC. Yeah, the SNC oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh that's weird okay cool nice to meet you like yeah cool be in contact I was like oh sweet like, hopefully that's something and then was going to training uh, well probably before that like uh, got a call from the coach he said he was in Sydney he's like yeah we'll, we'll meet up for coffee in there in Sydney so, and was like yeah sweet so we met up at a cafe I've never been so nervous in my life got there so early I'm sitting in my car finally go to the cafe and we're talking and I'm stiff like I'm shaking and it's like you know this is a super rugby coach this is my chance at super rugby it's really here yeah and I'm just like barely getting words out it was so nerve-wracking so anyway what'd you would you order a drink I just got a coffee didn't eat anything <laughs> strong flat white keep me up please. yes the flat top <laughs> the f- strong flat top please yeah. <laughs> so nervous <laughs> and so I was like oh man but anyway I had that meeting Felt it was all right, played another game, and I was literally driving to um, NRC training one afternoon, and he called me, and he's like, we're going to sign you. Oh, I really dude. want you on that. It's, it's crazy to think, and I, was, I literally pulled over, and I was on the way, I was like, nah, you're kidding. right? And it was just, it was the craziest feeling, like, still, it's, to be fair, it's giving me goosebumps now to sit there and think. Of course, buddy, that's driving, the, in the big leagues. Like, to say that I got signed to Super Rugby, I was sitting there, I was like, flip, like, Super Rugby, that's crazy, I'm going to be there in the mix, like. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into or no idea about Super Rugby or the you know the intricacies of it and that. But like I was just like, it's Super Rugby. Like so it was crazy. So even even thinking back on that now, like I haven't thought about it too much to be fair, but it's crazy just uh, when he rang and I got that call. Like I remember it was a sunny afternoon. Like I remember it so clear. I was driving. I just got my coffee and my rice pudding on my way to training. Like, <laughs> rice pudding. Yeah, I had everything sussed. And then, so now it's crazy. I had a good training that, that afternoon. Oh, you were probably just buzzing. A lot of energy. Oh, a lot dude. of energy. So now he's called you to the Rebels. What was that sort of protocol? You finished the NRC season, and then was it how long of a break was it? Yeah, well, it, it was it was a bit different because we were we should have made the playoffs for the NRC. Like you know, the, they they had expected um, the team that I was playing for to make the playoffs. So I'd given I was given a later date that I had to go down to Melbourne. By we ended up losing the game. Another team won. Ready, ready. Long story. Yeah. We didn't make it. So then I get a call, like we play on that weekend. I get a call on like the Monday or Tuesday, come down to Melbourne on Thursday. And I'm like, hey, because, but it was because they they were going on a trip to Japan for a preseason game. Ah. And so they were like, oh, you're out now. It would be good if you could come down earlier, just get in the environment and that. So it happened quick. Like I finished my NRC season packed all my stuff up in Sydney. And you were, were you excited to go? Like, totally? Yeah, yeah, okay, so oh, yeah, oh, yeah, fully I was, keen. yeah, I was fully keen, but it was yeah. just all happening. So yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, in my head, I had processed, oh, I'm finished now. I've got a few weeks off. Like, to relax, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and it, so I literally have, I packed all my stuff up and just left and so but it was a cool way to go in because it was it was a bit more relaxed not all the uh top super good guys were there they were still on their break or the international break in that and we were training for a purpose like we were going to japan so i'd just been signed for super rugby i've just moved to melbourne a new city melbourne's a great city now i'm going to japan like i was like what this is crazy dude that's i was insane. just chilling playing club rugby not yeah. long ago you know it was, and it was that nice. was your first time to japan uh, no, nah, that wasn't to be fair. I'd been earlier with um, my club rugby team back then when I was like uh, when I was like twelve. Uh, yeah, nice. Literally, when it, like we have like our like our um, our brother club over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you go and play yeah, like a so friend, and they'll right? come over and then we'll go there. So that was my first time going when I was a bit younger, but that was like my first time where I got to be there, see everything, like enjoy it. Like that day eh? was crazy, yeah. man. The 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 culture, the fashion, and that awesome. in Melbourne or in Japan? Nah, in Japan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nuts. So it's on, it's awesome heaven. Yeah, it was crazy. Now talk about talk a bit about like Melbourne camp as opposed to like obviously NRC in terms of like competition and like wanting to make it because you're like this young gun who obviously some people don't know who you, know who you are know what you're about. How was like the intensity in that and like? Uh, it was it was different to anything I had really experienced at all in and sorry training sorry to interrupt you this is after u20s this is after you okay, so yeah. i've played and all my we'll 20s still get and to that. That. yeah i'm in melbourne get to melbourne so we have like our little oh before we go to japan our preseason block sort of thing and even that like just the intensity the the volume of running and stuff and the volume of things we're doing like my body i was like oh you know it, was, it took a lot to get used to um and then once that we had our game and that we came back just before we go to our Christmas break in that and like that's when it was really getting like starting to pick up and you just see like for me I had never really done like the little like the little things you know you see like you always stretch and roll out on that but you don't see the little things like um you know how the guys eat like we all have our meals placed but sometimes like I would see like a random guys just pull out a snack at this time and like in the moment I didn't really think of it but he had prepared that plan that like you know that's his routine so that was those little things I was yeah, starting yeah, to pick yeah. up They're real different. quick like when you're working these, out super dry right you're not yeah exactly that. and these guys are top level like they're, they're that professional they've got their things in place where they need to do this at this time stretch for this do that so that was probably one of the biggest learning um, learnings that I took um, and why I say is because they were doing that because the competition was so strong within the team within players you're trying to fight p- for position so you need a like literally turning up to training every day was nearly a game like you know you've got to turn up and you've got to nearly beat your opposition i want to play yeah you know i want to see like like, and especially as the as the year went on in melbourne um i didn't get i wasn't getting that much game time or a look in and so my competition is even more so i was going oh "Oh, man i want to play i'm done watching let's play you know so so that's what um that's probably one of the the best things about that environment is you know it's always a competition and, and us just being athletes and that we love competition so it really did bring out bring out the best um in you or try bring out the best in you and it was just it was just crazy to see how much time and effort and preparation you know guys go go through not just not even for games like you know that's that's the fun but that's the easy bit at the end of the week it's like during the week what they go through and put their body through you know just to make sure they're going to exactly. be in the, in, in the best spot they can be now was there a top five guy at melbourne or a top 10 guy that was like not not like your buddy from day one but that really was like open and welcoming to you 
Because I know that can be yeah, tough for, for the older the, and the best guys. Like this easy, the best big dog I've ever met, boys with is Will Genia. He's honestly like... Uh, so you've got a couple of his shoes, right? He's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He's, he's hooked me up with, with a couple of things and that, but like he was... And he's an, all, he's an all-star. Like, like he's... You talk when about I was playing half he's, at that, when I was at Mitre 10, like, you know, that's who I was looking to before yeah. Aaron Smith really came on the scene, yeah, and, yeah. you know? He could run, kick off both feet. So I was like... And he was... I walk into the change room and Will Guinea's there, like three lockers next to mine. I'm like, this is crazy. And my best mate in the Rebels, um, Godsey Harrison Goddard, he was a halfback as well. And so Will literally took him under his wing. I was the sidekick. I was the 10, so we were always there. Like, And he was one of the best guys I've ever met, into, especially for such a high-profile player. Like, He would take the time out of his day to sit down and just go, bro, are you busy? You want to go watch clips? This is what you should be doing as a halfback. Watch different games. After every training, make sure the halfbacks needed things. Silly things like he'd go, all right, we'll have a kicking competition. If you beat if you beat me, you can have my Range Rover for the weekend when we're away. Like, you know, just a little, like, it's silly stuff. But at the time, you're like, he'd take us out for coffee and lunch and that, you know? And at the time, I'm like, this is Will Guinea. Like, you're trying not to be like, this is Will Guinea. But I was still, like, the little kid in me, nearly the fan of, of me. Of course, was like, oh, dude. Shit. You're like, Will I Guinea. won't pay for Will Guinea's yeah. flat top, right? Like, yeah, like, man. Dude, that it's... You know, and you hear like guys like that, and I and again, it's biased, but I think there's so many like rugby players that are like true, like true, like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you get like I'm sure it might be different in baseball and basketball and professional sports like that, but I feel like because like competition, especially with the physicality in rugby, competition can get so tight. It's like refreshing to hear that like guys are like that yeah right? like, literally I just seen on the other I, I gave a message the other day because he was working with um, Tate McDermott who's a Reds half yeah, he's okay. back in Brisbane and he just went down to the park with him to help him out some passing that like doesn't need to do it he's got time with his family there and like you know we're in this uncertain phase doesn't need to go help this young up and coming, you know, Reds halfback could, could take his spot, right? Like that. Like, that you know, shows you how. But he much. went down to the park. He put on an Instagram, you know, working with the young. Like so, just little things like that. Like they're they're almost the biggest things. So yeah, he's easily one of the best I've met. Dude, that's great to yeah. hear. So the next time, your <gasps> yes. first cap. We'll just yeah. jump right in. I'm not gonna try and segue it. I can't. I mean, that's so good, bro. Your first so good. first time you played for Melbourne. Yep. What are you? One thirty two. What's your number? 120, 103? Yeah, 132. 132. You gonna check that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 34. 134. That's right. That's right. So your that was your first cap in Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. against the Sea uh, Sunwolves. Sunwolves, sorry. And how was that, man? Like, just walk us through that a bit. Uh, it was a not like the. It was probably the longest day. Uh, we it was a 7:30 kickoff. Oh, I hate those. I was in an apartment and I was by myself at the time. And so, like, I woke up, like, the night before, I was, I could sleep, you know, but, yeah. like, you were still a bit... And sorry, Tay, was this there. your first time in the 23? Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, this, so was... this was my first time in the 23 since preseason. That, um, so I played... And what week was this, roughly? If, like, uh, not the exact week, but was it mid-season? It was, it was towards the end of the season. It was, oh, like, okay. a last... So, this is something you've been looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, fourth or fifth to last And you day. guys were doing well this season, no? We... We had like, come back. Competed. So, yeah, competed. so that second half of the season, like, we ended up missing out because we lost the game to the Tars, and our last game against the Highlanders, we were up, should have won. They came back um, and beat us and knocked us out of contention. Um, but, yeah, so so I was, I was there. It was my first 
I get names in the 23 that week, so I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I get a chance, call my family. Family came over? No, nah, they didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh good, well, don't worry, we'll see you on the TV. So, yeah. <laughs> see you play 100 times, it's good all luck. good. Like, you know, good luck, all the best. Um, I get named in the 23, I'm excited. My best mate, Godzi, he's in the 23, he's a 9, so we're 19, you know, that's my boy, and we're like, this is, oh, oh this is crazy. So what are you, 21, 22? Uh, 22, 23. Uh, 22, 23. No, 20, you might, 21, 22, 21, 22, yeah. I'm getting really specific yeah. here, sorry. But so, you know, that, that's us, and we're oh, just so excited, so the week comes, go to bed that night, so you wake up, and it's like 8 in the morning, and I'm like, well, let's get this day going, because we've got a, a game. But, bro, what am I meant to do? It's game day. You don't want to try use all your energy. Yeah. You're not trying to go out. You know, you're just chilling. So it literally was the longest day. Um, I was just pumped to get to the stage. Like, you know, I just wanted to get there. Hurry up, get there. Get in the, around the environment, the feel for everything. And just so I could nearly be more relaxed. I was nearly more relaxed once I was at the stadium and in the game. Of course, yeah. Because you had something to set your mind to. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm I'm laying in the lounge watching a movie, trying to have a mid-afternoon nap, but can't really sleep. I go for a quick walk, come back, like... And then we finally get there, and it's probably, like, around the 68th, 70th minute or something like that when I get in, and it was just just a weird feeling. Like, I felt... It was weird, like I was just in such a big rugby field, you know. I'd done it so many times running on a rugby field, but it just felt so big, whether it was just the stadium, stadium the and lights. all that, you know, and probably just getting in my own head of it, that's my debut and that's bigger than it is. Like, yeah. It, it was crazy, so I got maybe nine minutes or something, I think, ten minutes of my debut, but it was an unreal feeling for me. Like, I got to got to say I played super rugby, got a couple of touches, like, no, it was, a, it was literally a dream come true. Dude, that's insane. It is like you're, uh, it. I well, yeah, I can't relate to it at all. But dude, like that's that's unreal. Yeah, like, it's not, just just it's stepping on there. Now, would you guys get a lot of fans? How many would you get? Yeah, we did. Like Melbourne's, I guess it's tough, eh? Dominated by AFL. Yeah, like crazy. Like there's ten page like the sports paper. There's ten pages of AFL and rugby will have a little corner for that on one wow. page. You know, like it's it's crazy. So. Um, we were starting to build build a fan base. We were maybe getting like seven thousand to ten thousand. Still good, games. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just trying to get new supporters in because the thing about Melbourne, Melbourne people is once they support a team, uh, nearly like Canada or like Toronto, I feel like once they see a team, if that's their team, they're gonna back it. Go yeah, more, like yeah, of you know, go all in. Yeah. Um, so it was it was was quite hard probably just getting those new fans in but it was starting to build and i think over the last couple of years that they've built it up even bigger dude that's unreal yeah. now second cap probably meaning just as much to you yeah. as your first uh I'll, i won't even describe it i'll let you get into that because nearly it's like it's nearly hard like it nearly did mean more it didn't but it nearly did just because of the place i was i was like as i mentioned earlier at school we didn't get to play on Eden Park for our first 15 final so I'd never played on Eden Park yeah and I had never played on there so second cap get named in the team it's against the Blues it's in Auckland and it's at Eden Park you know it's like it's crazy so for me to be able to go back home especially after living away from home for so long since I was like 18 and now I'm like 25 24 25 going to go back to Auckland to play super rugby in front of my family who I haven't seen for that long. No, it was it was surreal. It's giving me goosebumps now thinking about Love it. That, dude. Literally it gets me emotional every time just to see my family sitting there in in Melbourne Rebels gears and super rugby gears yeah, yeah. on Eden Park. Like still the craziest my eldest nephew, me and him are like 
close as can be. We're twin. You'd you'd think we're twins. And I remember just goal kicking, and he was just standing behind like. At Eden Park, there used to be the old terraces. So when I was young, going there, you'd go sit on the terrace, the cheap seats, the wood seats and everything. And he, oh, okay, yeah. It's a new bit now, but he's standing behind there, and I'm goal-kicking, and he's, like, there. And that's what we used to do to Dan Carter, these Carlos Spencer, you know? Yeah. It was just, it's nuts. Did you slide thing. the kick? Yeah. Well, oh, well, yeah. I had a couple misses. Not going to lie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, like, just, just to be on the fact that I was on the field, kicking my nephew's watching me. I'm looking at him through the post that we used to do the exact same thing for our idols and you know someone else it's totally dude yeah it's not so and just just to be in that in that moment it's crazy to and think about. like your family was probably just like ecstatic to be yeah there. they'll rap like i think probably my dad would have been heaps proud but too cool playing it too yeah cool, yeah you know, yeah exactly but, oh, this is good he's there i'm proud but you know it's only rugby sort of thing but i know really probably probably was a bit proud that's awesome um, but it, it was me i had my sisters and that there my nephews my nieces so it was really cool it was a really special moment dude that's great especially at like a very like when you talk about like some of the biggest places for rugby, like Eden Park, Eden is Park, prob I don't know, top three, yeah, like globally, like yeah. it, uh, that's just my personal. Opinion. That's me too. I was so, so um, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, and to do it there, and then we like we beat the Blues. Like I don't think Australian rugby team had one in New Zealand. Oh yeah, that's right, like, that's right. Yeah, you so, beat them. Yeah, so like for me, I was like. It was the best Everything could have like, gone yeah, right. Yeah, literally. It was, so to think back on that, that I got that moment, that was pretty special. Now, do you think, and again, this is like not anything against like your skill level because obviously you were on the Rebels. Uh, sorry, you're, yeah, you are on the Rebels. Mm -hmm. You deserve to be there. Do you think like a, your coach going into that game sort of knew that was one that you had sort of marked on your schedule that you would have liked to have played? Or do you uh, think like just you were rolling with the squad and it was going well? I think... A bit of both. I played the obviously I debuted the week before, um, and I was probably getting a bit more of a, a look at least. But I think definitely being back at home, knowing my family there, and that I hadn't played much that season, like it probably definitely helped my case. Um, so I'm just I was just thankful that I got yeah. named that week. I didn't care what his reason yeah. was, but <laughs> probably in there. I'll whatever you want, I'll do it. And know? how so, was your experience overall at the Rebels in terms of like coaching and whatnot? Yeah, I, I loved it. I I really genuinely wish I got I got more of a crack. Yeah, and I and I, I genuinely think I I probably deserve of course you more did. of yeah. a crack. Um, especially in the beginning, you know, we weren't really doing so well. We had a few losses on the you know in, in a row, but. I just love the fact that I was able to be in that environment around those players, learn what I did, um, and to say that I've played Super Rugby. Like, I obviously want to get back there. It's not over. I still want to play Super Rugby. Um, but, yeah, just to say uh, I've been in that environment and the things I learned, the people I've met, you know, it was crazy. You know, it was one of the best experiences a whole year round and rugby experience I've ever had. Unreal, too. Now, did you think, like, going in – and this is getting personal, sorry if you don't want me asking – going, like – you have the, your end of the year interview. Like, did you think that you were getting a shot next season? Did the, like... um, yeah, I did. Well, so what happened, how I cut my Super Rugby contract off then was I, I could either stay in Australia, play the NRC, and then probably get signed again by the Rebels, or I could go back to Mighty 10 Cup. For me at the time, like I had just come off Super Rugby, the NRC, like still it wasn't that yeah, good. Yeah, you'd already said, really yeah. Play, like, and Mighty 10, you're earning some good money and it's a good level of rugby and it's a good opportunity for me at least to try to get another super rugby contract even in New Zealand possibly of course um, so I ended up we finished our season I got out of my contract early be, to go and play Mighty 10 Cup so our season was finished but that uh, I just meant that I had to get out of it so I didn't have to play for NRC sort of thing yeah, yeah. Um, 
So did that, played that Mata 10 Cup season, got injured our last preseason game. Played like one and a half games that season. So I was like, damn, there's all my super rugby. Like, you know, I try to go back in New Zealand, whatever. Then I got a call like three weeks after, maybe three, four weeks after like the end of that. I'd been chilling in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, back, sorry, in Auckland. I got a call, come over for preseason for the river. So I'm like, oh, sweet, dope. I'm back in. I know they're signing Quaid. Um, yeah. He's coming in. I'm like, dope. You know, they're, they're telling me, you know, we see you as the same sort of player. We like, if he can fit and play good in this mold, um, you know, I think you'd be a good understudy for him because, you know, you can fit in and you can play under that mold as well. So I was like, keen back in the environment. Literally the first day uh, we go to do testing and my ankle goes again. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so I have surgery on it. Like I didn't, I ended up, didn't, I didn't have surgery till the end of December, but that took out my whole preseason. I was just in the gym pretty much by myself and watching the boys. Dude, that's gutting. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so like I had surgery, missed, like I was still in a moon boot and that by the time Super Rugby had started and that. So, you know, it was no, it was no real point for them signing me. It'd be a waste of money really. So that was kind of my, I had a chance, you know, I was probably nearly there, could have had a chance, but injury, you know, probably could have, could have been a little bit different, but then again, wouldn't have been here maybe. So, yeah. yeah and, and like, you can't really get, you're never going to be like, yeah, I'm going to get injured. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you know it's going to happen, happen, but yeah, you just... You don't want it to. Or you don't know exactly, but you know yeah. you know it's going to come out sometime, man. But that's uh, it's too bad to hear. But like you said, at least you were there. Like, you're you're a number. Yeah. You'll be a number forever. I'm in the books. I'm a number at my school, yeah. but... You can't take that out of the books. You know, I got a user, username and password, <laughs> and password at Laurier. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Okay, Tay, now I'm sure one of your more, like, this is all, all like, great statistics, but you 20 All Blacks, that's probably, like, I'm assuming up there, like for yeah. you, for representations. Yeah. Now, do you want to touch on that? Just your overall experience and and how you enjoyed it, the boys that you played with and whatnot. Yeah, it was, it was nuts because at school and coming through school, the system and that, like the guys that were in this New Zealand twenty setup, they had been like in academies, played Mighty Ten Cup on there, played New Zealand Sevens and that. You know, they were big dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. At school and that, I didn't make any schoolboy teams and stuff like that. Yeah, know? that's right. I was. I was lucky enough that I got my chance at Mitre 10 early, so that gave me some experience to get into the 20s and stuff. You know, so these, so I was nearly a little bit starstruck again when I'm going exactly, to the 20s, yeah, even yeah. though they're the same age as me, but it's like Artie Savier that he's already starring for like New Zealand Sevens and that. I'm like, oh man, like this is crazy. So went in there and it's like that 20, it's a hard camp. Yeah, we have three camps and that first one is literally just to try to kill you. It's just to see who's like, the they get mentally someone from toughest. The army and, yeah, oh, 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 I can nuts. imagine. It's nuts. So, you know, we did all of that and it was, it was really cool just being around those guys and just to see that, like, you know, I could have a chance or at least I'm in the mix with these guys. You know, it was just a nice feeling to say, oh, well, I'm in the mix with like, you know, some of the best in the country for my age. Yeah. And then we got down and... The final cut is pretty harsh. Like, we're all in the same room, everyone, and they read out in alphabetical order. Oh, so you're, and, and you're first? So, yeah. <laughs> I was first. I heard Adams, and I'm like, yes, I made it. Like, but then I'm like, around everyone, some of my boys that aren't make it, and I hear names go, so you can hear, if they've, you don't hear your name, and it's gone past the letter, you're. Especially if, if you were, you had like. Yeah, what, so were, I'm oh. thinking there, oh, thank God they've said my name. Like, imagine that, I've had to sit through the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And you and know I, your time had already which, come. Yeah, which which was hard because some of the boys, you know, had that we were close to did go through yeah. that. So, so literally get made, we leave the room. They pack up and we go out. We went to this like little nutrition course thing. By the time we're back, those 
those guys had left already. Like, you know, it happened real quick. So um, we get back, like, we have our headshot on that and finally get to call my dad. And that was probably, I reckon, man, probably the proudest moment for him. Yeah. Me, me and him, or me to tell him that I had made it, like, it's making me nervous yeah. now. Over like, the Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. this is New Zealand. This yeah. is, like, where you're from. And, and like, and especially at the time, because coming through school I wasn't like in the schoolboy as I said I wasn't a schoolboy singer I wasn't so this was a yeah, massive it was a grind yeah, it, was like, a grind. it was massive like I'd never ever ever thought I would be playing rugby for a living make New Zealand 20s yeah, yeah I was nearly naive about it didn't really understand it that much and exactly the, you know the history behind it so that was probably like uh, one of the most nerve nerve wracking phone calls I've ever I've ever had probably with my dad but I know probably the I could just tell by the way he was talking and his voice now how proud he was so that was a really cool moment and then I'm not gonna lie, one of the best bits was getting kitted out. Oh, I bet, eh? Nuts, like crazy. Adidas. That's the best thing about you know all your teams. You want to go to you want to go get some, you know hoping you get good kit. So yeah, man, we're fully kitted out by Adidas. We get a suitcase with our number on it. Like my my number's number one on all my bags. Like, <laughs> deadly, yeah, like, especially for you. Loving yeah. life. <laughs> Full suitcase of like Adidas casuals training kit, like it was uh, anything crazy. you can imagine. Eh? Shoes like we went around this room. You got just got to pick, like those shoes, that boots. So at the time you're 19, and it's like this is Christmas. Like it's, it's dangerous. Nuts. Yeah, it's like what is I'm getting all this free year. You get to pick what you want. Like so it's just a crazy time. And then like what I like now that they're done with the 20s. I wish we had back then is like how they play against Australia and stuff like that in the island teams or like how they have the six nations in with England and that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know okay. if you guys play like 20s games before you go to World Cup and that, but yeah. for us, we only played like one um, game against like the Blues development, you know? We didn't get yeah, to yeah. have like a... That was like, like a us. tournament before or anything like tours. that. Um, so, and that was like my, my first real international trip, I guess. Like, and sorry, know, you went to where? France. Oh, sorry. Okay, you're talking about yeah, act, the but, actual but, tournament. Yeah. yeah. But, like, sorry about twenties. Like you know, I'd been like to Fiji and that, like with school and stuff. But this was your first trip with the boys. Like boys, international, a big team, and it was crazy. And when we got there, the way we got treated and stuff by like the public, everyone, it's like we were the actual All Blacks. No, like no lie, yeah. it was the craziest thing I ever experienced. Like we're going into like a store just to get some food and that ask for an autograph or like they know who you are automatically yeah like, you know, and you're was, 19 years old it was crazy so we're the boys are loving life like yeah this is this is, this is they're going out for coffees six yeah, times yeah. a day and like, we get to, <laughs> like we're in france we're playing rugby it's for new zealand that and so like just that that whole environment and being around those players like thinking back to who was there i remember like anthony watson knows like the english winger. he was drinking with us in a hotel on that last night after that night like the guys that we got to associate with Justin Colby and that. Like, Andre Pollard too. Man, it's nuts. Like, to see the players and the people that go through that that tournament um, will get to play that and then to say that I did that as well. Like, it's yeah. crazy. And then, so being there at the time, it was it was nearly a bit surreal, but it, it definitely was one of the best, like, rugby experiences of my life. My dad came over. I got to have him there. Oh, that's unreal. Singing the national anthem, you know, for the first time. That doing the haka. Oh, it's giving yeah. me goosebumps now. Talk, talk to me about the haka. Uh, well, we so we had our um, we had our own one. Like a guy come in and, and make our own one and teach us. And Man, that's so cool. Stuff, eh? yeah. Like it's so just... like, yeah, we have, we have like proper practices and stuff for it. Like you know, you have a time set up. We and have that's practice. but that's like and it's that's like a big thing. Yeah, yeah Like yeah, if yeah. you're if you miss that, like no, you wouldn't. Miss yeah, it. yeah. 
Like it's, it's massive. That's unreal. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I assumed, and again, this is just an assumption from someone that has no knowledge. And I, I thought it was just, there was a, you had like all these sort of these hakas yeah. and you would just pick one to perform. No, I didn't no, no. realize so it was a. They're, they're specific. So like each school has their own one because it will speak specifically to their school or each tribe or whatever. So so we had out in New Zealand under 20s have a different one to the All Blacks because we're our own team. Oh, okay. So it's not like he created a, a totally new one. It was just like. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's like parts of other ones, but it's it's for us and our uh, meaning and stuff. So there is like the kamate, which is like the everyone knows the kamate. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Everyone, But then you go to your different schools or teams and that, and you have your own. Like even as I said in my school, we had our school one and we had our first fifteen one. Dude, so two different ones, you know, and and you do haka practice for it. Like we That's have to amazing, take an hour man. out of the day for haka practice and stuff. Um, and then so to do the first time probably uh, against Fiji, and we're out there doing the haka, like. And does that it's, it's nerve wracking? Does man. that mean that like I'm sure it means a lot? Like, sorry, I'll ask you first. Did you have any Maori in you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, you I, are yeah, you I are am, Maori. Yeah, my dad, my dad. My oh, dad that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm sure to the to the Maori boys, it means like just yeah, so much to them. It does, but it's it does, but it's funny. It means just as much to like the island boys or everyone else as well. Like that's yeah. how embodied in the culture that's we are gonna, and how That's what I was going to ask. So everyone like, is just on the same level. This is, this is New like, Zealand's yeah, thing. Like this is our thing. That's amazing. Like, you know, it's, it's actually crazy. And like some of the island boys and that, especially, or like, you know, the white boys that you wouldn't think have no kapa haka experience or anything like that. You know, they're some of the, the best or heartiest at it, you know, and put so much passion into it. So, um, it's a really special thing. It's something that I'm glad New Zealand has, and we get to say it's our sort of thing. Oh, right? of course. Like, that. well, there's other like uh, war dances like yeah. in Fiji and, mm -hmm. and, and Samoa, but yeah. like the haka is yeah. just. Uh, it's just I think it's haka. just a, a different level of intensity, oh, a different yeah. type of thing, you yeah. know, where they're. So I, it's really special for us, and to say, to be able to do it, like I, coming over to Toronto, I've been asked that many times about the haka, can you do it, you know, all of that stuff. Now, so, when you hear, when someone asks you, is that sort of. Not that it's. Not that they're trying to be dis like disrespectful, but is it also like they don't realize how special it is? Um, I think some people, like if they ask you, oh, can you do how you say, yeah, or that, it's all right. It's when they go, oh, can you do the haka for me? I think it's like, it's hard to do like just the, you can't really just do a haka randomly. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's, yeah, it was a buildup, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, a... It's for like a special occasions or weddings or you do it to celebrate someone or something, you know? So yeah. that's probably that bit where... It, it's a misconception yeah, that yeah, people it's think... it's hard to yeah. explain. You know, you don't want to be rude and say, nah, I don't want to show you or something. But like, you know, you, I'm not just going to randomly out in the middle of nowhere yeah, start For someone you don't well. know, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know? Um, I guess the video is easy. You just show them a video on that. But yeah, you a lot of times you say, oh, can you do that? Oh, can you show me or something? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'll show you it and just show a video. So, you know, it's nearly a little bit awkward. Exactly. Because yeah. to you, it means a lot more doing it like for a big game yeah, rather yeah. than just doing just it on the streets. Just doing it, exactly. Like, it almost comes like, unauthent like not yeah, as authentic. Yeah, and thing. you nearly don't want to because you're like, you're yelling and you, before a game or if it's for someone's, wedding or something like there's yeah. that you know that we is call it, it mana we call it, it mana you know there's that heart and that's what we call mana. mana you know our spirit and our mana and that's what you see in the haka when the pukana and all that energy that's your mana and your heart you know how much heart can you give and can you bring out and you're going to give to us sort of thing you know so like that that's what's really special about it and you know the more the louder you are and more vicious you know so it would be hard to do that just in like a an open yeah. random area yeah. know, with no passion or love or anything behind it yeah yeah
No, dude, that's in, yeah. I mean, just being in front of one, like, like in an actual game, it's it's crazy, eh? Like, it's just it's mind blowing. I know. Again, I'll ask you. I don't mean to put you in a tough spot, Tay, but what was your morale around camp? Were you guys like, we're number one, we're gonna win this? Was there a better team at the time, or? Um, no, I always thought like we were gonna win this. Like that was always our mindset. Yeah. Um, but I think at the time, like England, were really strong as well. Like we knew they had a good team and okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. But there was never any time that I had to think we're not gonna win this comp or we're not going to until we lost in the semi. Yeah. Now, so so um, you guys can't. You were so you guys came fourth. Yeah. At the time, it was I think it was like the worst New Zealand twenties side to ever go to a World Cup. <laughs> don't say that but well that's pretty good for fourth right? yeah like you know at the time so I'm like oh man that's not good yeah. so I'm at the time I was like yeah I played New Zealand 20s but at the time the worst New Zealand yeah. 20s teams but it wasn't so so that fourth place you wouldn't say and, and you can be honest wasn't a reflection of the squad no I think I just don't think we we were allowed to unleash our full potential I just don't think we used our players in the right way some unreal X factor in that and I just I don't think we gave them enough ball. We made some mistakes. Um, I know I made a couple of mistakes, like horrible passes in that game, you know, just little things you wouldn't usually do. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I think, you know, we we had the potential to go go further. But then again, I say that we played South Africa for third and fourth and we lost, so. When you're, yeah, South Africa's. And so who was it, England? England and Wales in the final. Wow. Yeah, it was clutch. In France. It was so dope. So we played our game against England the semi we lost South Africa Wales played after and their 10 he plays oh I forget his name now he was so clutch bro so they're down um, for Wales yeah they're down there's like what is there I don't even know like a couple of minutes to go and they like South Africa just released like hold the ball kick it out and then, you know they kick off they get it back Wales kick it I think or something like that so they just needs to hold it. They put a chip in or they do something. Wales fullback gets it, makes a hissing run, chip and chase, or the 10 puts a grubber in, build these phase, they score on the corner. Right-hand corner, it's dude. like full time. This dude from the right-hand sideline, so his bad side, puts it down the middle. It was clutch, bro. It was such a, it was actually an unreal experience to be able to be there. Like, even though we had just lost in that, to see that, you know. But just to watch yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was dope, so... Um, yeah, England and Wales were in the final, and England ended up winning. You know, they were a really good squad that year. Uh, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, like, just, just being there as a U20 All Black again, sort of like the Rebel thing, like, that'll always be part of you. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right, buddy. Now, one of my favorite portions we'll move into. This has been a phenomenal chat. Is in the queue. <laughs> oh, usually, man. yeah, I'm not going to, I'll be, I'll be nice. It's been, we're coming up on 80 minutes of chat here. So it's been good, bud. Big chat. Now, I'll ask you just a couple things. The first one will be if you had to wear a certain clothing brand for the rest of your life, what would it be? And, like, nothing else. So, does it, is that just clothes specifically so just clo- or shoes as well? Shoes, shoes, like, a pair, like, your whole outfit is Nike. just Nike? Yeah. They've got too much. They've got everything. If you want to dress down, they've got the cozy fits, you know. They've got the jumpsuits. Okay, so what? They've got some gears. they got collaborations. That's how I'm yeah, thinking. So it. what if the shoes weren't involved? Because why were the shoes such a big... Because Nike's got like probably the, the nicest best, shoe. Yeah, you got your... Overall range. No, I'm a, I, I like my Nikes. Okay, so what would second best be? It's so hard because like if I really had the money, you know, I'd want to be like wearing those... Uh, 
big brands, those proper brands, like so, or like even like like what's a proper brand for me? Like something that I'd really want, but I just can't put that much money into it is Essentials. Fear of God. What's that? It's a clothing brand. Fear. Look it up. They've got shoes. They've got clothes in that, and it's like it's it's swaggy. It's oversized, but it's like four hundred dollars a jumper. Oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's if I could, I would. You know, like that sort of buzz. That's unreal. Um, uh, yeah, probably probably something like that. Yeah. So, but Nike. Yeah, Nike overall, because uh, and they they've got so many spinoffs. Like you know, they've done it with Fear of God. They've done it with Off White and everything. So I could have a probably. So you would say Nike rules like the like. The, the fitness world not the fitness world but like that overall apparel. in my opinion anyway I, I would agree I'd agree I, with I'm you. not into like high high end fashion you know you see a lot of these famous but they're like high end with all their look like oh their, yeah their like Dolce and Gabbana or whatever like Gabbana. overboard yeah <laughs> however you say it <laughs> that's you, that shows we do not shop yeah there. exactly <laughs> okay I love I love that so Nike yeah I'm, I like Nike man my uh, second question for you I got about four or five here yeah we, we got second five. question what's your What's your go-to stud to wear? What's your favorite boot? Adidas or, or are you a Nike boy as well? Nike. Nike? Yeah, the Mercules. Now, I, even though I'm saying that for this season, for like probably four out of the five games, I did wear Adidas, but that's because it's all artificial um, turf. Yeah, there, yeah. You know, and they're the only oh, so when you're playing on grass, you like... Yeah, I like Spriggs. Nice. Yeah. Um, and this, so that's the, probably the only reason I was wearing Adidas. And is, do you wear those because because of a player that you that wore Nikes, or did you just um, find that's your most comfortable cleat? I just when I moved, like I was Adidas hard up, like you know, under twenties, might have ten until I moved to Aussie. Then I switched out to Nike, you know, because it was just there. Like I was able to get them um, through my age and that. So I tried, and then I just started liking them, and I just felt a bit lighter, and they were more of a soccer boot, not a rugby boot. Yeah, but more swag, you know. Yeah, yeah. more look good, feel good. You're not good. wearing. You weren't wearing those uh, <laughs> when everyone in grade nine has the Kakaris. Every single player yeah. in grade nine has the rugby <laughs> stud. Yeah, man. You know, I still had to have Nikes or something, no matter what age. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a definitely a Nike man, even with the studs. Love that. So you're full on. You get this guy's sponsorship. Look at LeBron here. <laughs> Nike. <laughs> you're hearing this. <laughs> third third question for you. Since coming to Canada, what's your favorite slang that we use? Fucking right, eh? <laughs> nah. Um, Oh, I don't know. Jokes? I like jokes. Jokes is just like a good con- Oh, man, that's pretty jokes. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. I, was gonna, I thought you meant an actual joke. No, nah, yeah. no. Nah. Jokes oh, that's pretty on. jokes, you know? That, that, that one will stick with me. Um, but it's just like, the biggest thing that I've picked up is, is like when you say house or about, it's house or a boot. Boot. Or oot. Like, you know, it's really, that O is really oot there, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I picked up, really. The biggest thing. But, like, other than that, it would be jokes. Jokes. Pretty jokes. I love that. So, another one. What do you miss most about back home? Family. Family? Yeah, well, that, like, yeah, family would easily be the the biggest thing I miss, like, you know, easy. It's in, tough, in general. Eh? In general. Yeah. Like, um... I think just more so my nephews and nieces in that day, eh? and like especially I've missed like a lot with them. I didn't get to see their a lot of their birthdays, their sports, yeah. all of that, you know. So that's probably the hardest bit, um, and and what I hate the most about it. Um, but we're lucky; we're so close. Like all my sisters, mum and dad, nephews, we are so close um, that like we're on the phone all the yeah, time. Yeah, FaceTime my and stuff like and that. that. My sisters and nieces and that are living at my house at the moment. Oh, okay. Locked down and that, so. You know, they're having a good time. Good luck to my parents with that. It would be a madhouse. Man. No, honestly, it would be nuts. It would be nuts. How many of them are in there? 
uh, there's only five. Like that's with my parents. There's my sister and my two nieces. But that's like they're like forty people. They're like literally the energy and love that the volume they speak with. It's unreal. It's unreal. Seriously. All right, my last question. Uh, well, it's a two-part question. What from New Zealand? What like piece of food cuisine do you miss the most? That's not as like regular here. Well, I remember when I when I talked on the on the radio I did um, that we have our areas up yeah, radio yeah. and we I talked about the fry bread and stuff and the moldy bread. So probably that. It's really hard on the spot here. I've always just found it hard. What's like New Zealand's thing? Like unless you're like real moldy, like you know, hard. I don't eat like the raw fish or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. You know, you love a love a hangi or a boil up or something. Um, but like I know like. Especially a lot of Maori people, they love their raw fish in that. You know, that's something that they'd go to. So if I was to say something for someone, it would probably be something like raw it fish, would be or a raw se- fish. A seafood chowder or something like that. Yeah. But I, I personally don't eat it. So man, I love my lamb. I know yeah. that's like pretty uh, plenty. Plenty. Yeah, down in Southland. Okay, so the second part to that would be in Canada, what's a food that you've had? that like maybe isn't as popular back in New Zealand or Australia that like you really enjoy even if it's like a Timmy's Farmer's Wrap that's dangerous yeah (laughs) um honestly I'm not gonna lie do love a farmer's a farmer's wrap yeah like with bacon not the sausage though oh the sausage guy yeah no bacon (laughs) instead of the sausage um Timbits while we're on Tim Hort Timbits was huge but that's a great pickup and so I guess because it's like a mini donut. Yeah, right? like, yeah. and you just have a couple, you know, just pick at them when you need. You yeah. don't need a whole donut. Um, but something, what was, like the Jamaican pies? The Jamaican patties? Yeah, patties. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, back home, pies are massive in New Zealand. You know? That's yeah. probably a snack. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A meat pie. Yeah. You have a mince and cheese, some tea sauce or ketchup. Oh, you're set. Yeah. It's so good. So... Maybe um, I enjoyed a couple of those Jamaican patties. Like I'd just buy them, put them in the in the microwave or the oven, and open it up, put cheese inside. So I could oh, you put cheese inside, dude! I don't think, I've never seen anyone do that. Crucial, so you can have a little mince and cheese pie. So I enjoyed probably that. As it reminded me of home a little bit. Seeing Tay talk about ketchup there made me <laughs> laugh because. I forget where we were. We were like getting breakfast or something, and he no, had... we're at Rainswood. I remember and. It was the pasta and sauce on the bread or something like that. Yeah, and he was putting his pasta. No, no, but it was when you were asking, you wanted ketchup, but you were like, yeah, I want some tomato sauce. Oh, yeah. And the lady like looked at him like it was like breakfast or something. Like, you want a pasta sauce with <laughs> yeah. your... Oh, it was hilarious. So that's, that's one funny thing. Like, that's just mixed up with the language. But... Hey, that's all I got for you, buddy. My man, appreciate Dude, you, man. My guy. Always it's been, a pleasure. It's been a good, chore. man. I'm glad it's not a chore. And, uh, dude, what a great show. I hope you enjoy, everybody. Thank you, sir.